Welcome to this new nutrition business podcast. My name is Julian Mellentin, and today I'm going to talk to you about that phenomenon called oat milk, which is growing massively in the US market as elsewhere. And we'll just explore how it's growing so much. And we'll also look at something else that isn't addressed so much, but is even more interesting than oat milk, and that is the success of lactose-free milk. Oat milk is the fastest growing and most impressive segment of the US plant milk market. Sales jumped by an impressive 72% in 2021 to a total of 410 million. And that's very impressive, given that oat milk really only got started about 2016. Now, that is an additional $172 million of sales in 2021. And yet, if you look at the total US plant milk market, which had sales of 2.6 billion in 2021, it increased by only 88 million. So how is this working? The oat milk segment grew by 172, but the total market it's part of only grew by 88. What's happened? Where's the difference gone? How can it be growing faster than the category, but the category be growing fairly slowly? Well, the answer is that as the plant milk category matures and it grows less quickly, it only grew 3.5% last year, which is not great compared to previous years. Oat milk is growing by taking business, not so much from dairy, but from other competitors in the oat milk sector. Of that 172 million, increased sales of oat milk, 99 million, that's almost two thirds of the increase came from cannibalizing the sales of other plant milks. Almond milk sales fell 45 million, soy down 27 million, coconut down 15 million, cashew rice, they all fell. Some fell by 2%, others saw their sales fall by as much as 19 or 20%. The people who consume those are switching to oat in preference. So two-thirds of oats growth, not taking it from cows, but cannibalizing competing plant milks in the plant milk segment. Now, this isn't too surprising, really. For people who want dairy-free milk alternatives, and they mostly buy it because they're trying to avoid the digestive discomfort they associate with cow's milk, for these people, oat milk performs much better on taste than any other plant milk, with the possible exception of almond. It performs particularly well in coffee and in smoothies. Oat crushes, coconuts, cashews, rice, when it comes to the enjoyment part. And this makes switching to oat uh, a fairly easy and attractive switch for these plant-based consumers who've been consuming these other um, types of plant milk. And it's well worth bearing in mind that taste has long been one of the biggest drivers of growth within the plant milk segment. So let's just take almond for a moment. Almond accounts for about 60 to 3% of the plant milk business in the US. But the almond milk segment didn't exist until about 2007. Before that, it was all soy. And the sales of soy milk were about 600 million a year. And then along came uh, Blue Diamond. Now, Blue Diamond is a brand of the California almond growers. California almond growers, for those who don't know, they produce about 80% of the world's almonds. So the California almond growers created the first commercial almond milk. They launched it in 2007 and sales absolutely boomed. And almond went from nothing 
to being 60-odd percent of the category, as I say today, and it actually increased the category. Why is that? Well, it boomed because it provided a step change in the consumer's taste experience. We interviewed the marketing director of, I think it was Blue Diamond, back in 2010, and this is what she said. We're bringing in a lot of new households because of the taste profile. With soy, you get a grassy profile, but with almond, you don't get that. Some of the light users of soy are transferring over and becoming heavy users of almond milk. So that's what it was all about. And it's the same reason that oat is doing so well today. It's not because of sustainability. It's not because of any other factor other than that people find that they really enjoy the taste. Yes, the sustainability and other factors, they do play a role, but they're actually quite far down people's decision lists when they come to make their choice. And then what happened to soy milk when almond came along? Almond wiped out soy. So sales of soy back in 2007 were about $600 million a year. Last year, they were down to 180 million approximately. That is a 70% decline. So consumers switched over from the bad tasting product to the good tasting product. Uh, so that's really quite phenomenal. And, and at this rate, it looks like soy milk sales are falling every single year. They're just going to go on falling for a heck of a long time. And some of you might be wondering about you know, cashew and coconut milk and all those things that have come along since then. Their sales have always been a tiny part of the plant milk market. And there's a reason for that. They simply don't taste good enough to attract more than a tiny percentage of consumers. They've been beaten on taste by almond, and that's why it's the majority of that particular market. And now the people who weren't so keen on almond are presented with something which tastes even better with oat. So it isn't too surprising to see people switch away from these other types like rice and cashew and so on. So plant milks are growing and oat is hugely successful. But here's something you will not read in the trade media or the mainstream media. Oat milk is not the biggest success around in milks. Do you know what that is? It's lactose-free cow's milk. Yes, it's worth noting that while oat is bigged up as a phenomenon, and sales grew 172 million last year, sales of lactose-free cow's milk grew more. They added 180 million in new sales. And the growth rate of lactose-free cow's milk is massively more than that of plant milks. Plant milks, 3.5% growth last year, lactose-free cow's milk, 10%. So why is that? One of the things that's really always worth coming back to is what's the primary consumer motivation? Not the stories we like to tell ourselves, but understanding from the sales figures what consumers' revealed preferences are. What people are looking for, a significant percentage of people are looking for, is to reduce the risk of digestive discomfort that they associate from cow's milk. And they simply want a beverage that's versatile, they can use in coffee and tea and cooking, in their smoothies, that enables them to do this. And the plant milks did this, and they did this by themselves until lactose-free cow's milk came along. Now, it's been around for a while, but the big change came in 2015 when a brand called Fairlife debuted. It's based on something called ultra-filtered milk. It's uh, basically just milk that's been put through a fine filter, but it delivers a big dose of protein naturally present in the milk and higher than normal milk. It's low in sugar because it's been filtered out, and it's lactose-free. Oh, yes, and it actually tastes better than most plant milks. And it also has a much shorter ingredient list, uh, whereas the newest silk plant milk being sold in the United States, and silk is part of Danone, has 20 ingredients, 
lactose-free cow's milk has about two. So for those people who want something that's natural, simple, and tastes good, and low in sugar, which everyone wants, this delivers. And that is why those sales of plant milks last year were $2.6 billion. Sales of lactose-free cow's milk were 1.8, actually nearly 1.9. And remember, it's growing faster. And as we forecast back in 2017, sales of lactose-free cow's milk are now bigger than those of almond. So almond, 1.6 billion, lactose-free cows, 1.877, call it 1.9. And whereas almond has now started to decline, lactose-free cow's milk is going up 10% a year. Lactose-free cow milk is bigger than any single plant milk. Its sales are nearly five times those of oat milk, and it's growing faster than oat milk. So it's going to be hard to see how oat is going to catch up with lactose-free cow's milk anytime soon. The performance of lactose-free cow's milk is even more impressive because it's actually more expensive than plant milks. So there are people looking for something that takes away the digestive discomfort, and they're choosing at a higher price the thing that comes from cows. Something to bear in mind whenever you read anything about plant milks and what a big success they are is they have been a success and they have been growing strongly for about 15 years. And that success really dates from when almond milk came along and provided people with a much better taste experience than they'd had before. And that the category did grow really impressively every year. But it was just almond milk that did very well. All the other types didn't do so well because they didn't taste as good. And then about seven years ago in the US, lactose-free cow's milk got its act together on naturalness and taste. It beats, as far as a lot of consumers are concerned, plant milk. And it reminds us that the primary motivation of consumers for consuming this sort of product is not more plants. It's good taste, naturalness, and deals with my digestive wellness issues. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a look at um, Apple and Podbean and all the other places and enjoy some more. Uh, we enjoy providing controversial but factually based information about what's going on in the world of food, nutrition and health. And we are proud to say that we're pretty much the only place that you will find that. I hope you've all enjoyed it. I hope you all have a lovely day. If you'd like to have some more information about us, please go to our website, which is www.new-nutrition.com. Thank you all very much.